the B2B Messaging Podcast by Winter. Andy, welcome to the B2B Messaging Podcast. We're glad to have you here. Thanks. Glad to be here. I'd love to know a little bit more about you. What got you started in product marketing and why did you choose that path? So I actually started out as a developer and I was working for a company called JBoss, which eventually sold to Red Hat. At the time I was like, no, I'm not in marketing. Those guys are the worst. And yet JBoss wasn't ranking for the word JBoss. And the Google PageRank patent had just been published. So I kind of quickly put the blog and wiki and started telling people, hey, here's what we should be talking about and this and and that. And this is like 2002. So it's, it's like people didn't call it SEO or anything like that or, or the various fancy names they've come for things. It was just like, oh, I read this and was like, oh, I can fix this. Let's, let's fix this. I ended up running a, after JBoss ended up running a consulting company and started doing a lot more writing and a lot more thinking about audiences and what they wanted. And after that, I worked at a, at a startup and described what I wanted to do and that I'd like to work in the marketing department and describe what I wanted to do. And they gave me the title product marketing. And I was like, oh, is that what I do? And so I went and looked up what that was and started reading all about it and was like, oh, I guess I do. Pro- I guess that is what I do. And, and, you know, added a little bit more formalism to what I was already doing. Um, so that's kind of how I ended up in product marketing. It was, oh, is that what I, what, you know, somebody put a name on me and I was like, oh, is that what this is? Well, how is your current messaging being done at your current company? So, you know, messaging in any kind of older, more established company ends up being probably not as clean of a process as you would see in any book or whatever. It ends up being a lot more of a negotiation inside than you get than doing the strict sort of audience study thing. The way I like to do messaging is to really, you know, delve into the personas, which I do a lot of research between not just analyst reports, but LinkedIn, I find job posts and, and people's own descriptions of what they do, excellent source. And then obviously doing customer interviews, then really understanding what those people said was important to them, understanding what the product team has produced and, and, and why, and then looking at the, uh, you know, looking at search, you know, you in demand gen and, and what have you looking at those answer the public and other things on the different terms that I'm looking up and saying, okay, here's the questions they're interested in. And then, yeah, I use the formal document so you can get it from like the PMM Alliance or whatever, where we describe the, the elevator speech and all that. This ends up being kind of a negotiation between the product. I like to involve sales in all of these, by the way, product and sales marketing. Some people don't like get sort of the approval and whatever from sales. And I find they're indispensable and getting the, they're the ones facing the customer frequently, you know, depending on the kind of company it is, but facing the customer frequently and they have the most insight. And so if you're like, Hey, I think we're going to call it this. And they're like, no, no. Well, then you're really not going to call it that because you put that on your webpage, but the customer is never going to hear it again. So, so it, you know, it ends up being a bit of a negotiation between everybody. 
And hopefully when, when you're done with that, you get something that everybody feels like they own. You get something that really represents what the customer wants and, and that can be tailored to your different audiences. Who comes up with the key messages that you want to send out to the market? So I think that that ends up a lot of different people do. And, and, you know, I, I think that if you read a book or on it or something like that, they'll sit there and say, it's, you know, they'll say, well, you know, you just come up with it and get these people blessed. But no, I, I find I ask, I ask people, I ask, I get as much information as I can. I, I a lot of times I'll get something from pre-sales engineering that they've been using and then I'll go and test and I'll be like, yeah, this is actually what people are searching on. This is, this is perfect. So, you know, it, it can be really anybody it's as a product marketing person, it's really your job to, yeah, you can be creative. Yeah. You, you might be the person that comes up with the right way to say it, but even better if you can go find something from someone in the company that figured out how to describe it and they've already been testing it by using it on people, that's even better. So it can come from different places in the company, just depending on, just depending on your process and, and what kind of company and who's talking to the customers. Sometimes it comes from the customers even. Who at your company takes the messaging and, and turns it into website copy? So I typically have a, a, a strong role in, in writing the website copy. And then, you know, that ends, everybody ends up having an opinion all the way up to the CEO on that. So, so that ends up a lot of, a lot of editors end up going into that process, but, and sometimes, you know, somebody in, in leadership will have a real strong opinion on something. And so that may go there, whether the customer is not go, go, whether customer tests or not, uh, you know, it's, it's never as clean as the theory, but, but in an ideal scenario, you test that with people. And a lot of that ends up being a B tested and customer driven. And, and, you know, you might create a, a page, but then you're going to see, give it to some of your audience and see how it works and give it to your other parts of your audience and see how it works. And if, if and pick the one that's best. How do you know that your messaging is working? So that's about getting good metrics, right? So it, it's, it's a combination of things. One, well, there's a few things that's kind of fun. A little bit of a story. I'll, I'll get back to the main point, but a little bit of a story. At one point I was like preparing a presentation and we were talking about how to describe something and somebody in pre-sale said, well, we've been calling it blah, blah, blah. And that blah, blah, blah was messaging I had come up with months ago that we hadn't yet rolled out, but they had been exposed to it and they immediately started using it. So it was like, okay, well then I guess, I guess that tracks then uh, ultimately when it ends up on the webpage then it's really going to be a com it's really going to be about getting your metrics right so a b testing to see what engages the normal kind of page metrics and then finally what converts like what reaches your action goals or or uh, and then finally leads to mqls but what leads your action to your action goals not all messaging is, is one thing that that i think is a little different in how i look at things is not all messaging is positive I don't mean like, oh, it says this is bad. I mean, some messaging should really be about driving people away. And I know that's, that's like, what? 
But if it's really, if you, there's a really good book on they, called They Ask You Answer. I don't, I, it's kind of famous, but uh, he actually talks about that in there. But it's uh, really about, you don't want somebody to come in who's not going to be a good customer for you. You don't want to waste their time or yours. So once you get over lead starvation or what have you at, at and early in the process, you actually want people who are, well, gee, I run this on my laptop and I, I don't really need support and whatever, but sure, I'll hear whether I want to become a customer. And it's like, yeah, that's not quite our, our, our customer goal here. You know, we're not competing with Microsoft Access on your laptop for your personal database or something like that. So being able to qualify people out even, or getting them to self-qualify out is also positive. So, so even some messages is negative. How do you validate your messaging and your positioning? It's, it's a bit of a process. So it's, it's a combination of getting input put from key stakeholders. It's about seeing how it performs. I like to do some degree of, of customers type surveys, but you don't always get a, an incredible response rate of those. So, so, so there's a little bit, a little bit of that process. I usually kind of use a, a scoring process. So gee. How did it perform in the AB? What does what does sales think? What does product think? How strongly does this align to the features that we say are supporting? And this is kind of a qualitative metric. It's it's kind of my own thing, but it's it's kind of I don't use a very positive term to describe it, but I call it the BS factor. But you know, how closely does it align to the product features that are supporting it? And and then kind of I set a Okay, is this scoring? Then great. And then after that, I kind of keep viewing how is it performing? How are the metrics working? And things get reversed as well. You said the right metrics will show you the way to go forward. What specific metrics are you following? So I'm using a combination of how does it of page engagement, so that's page views, time on the page, and then uh, how well it supports the calls to action. So uh, so does this page convert to a, a call to action? And then, and not all messages should like drive your call to action, but then does it drive, when I, when I roll this out, does it drive time on pages? How many pages got read? So time on the page, page views, unique, unique visitors. How many, how long on the page and how many pages did they read? In testing and validating that message, what are the ongoing activities to improve and iterate and, and optimize your messaging? Yes. So this ends up being a combination of, of just tracking those metrics, seeing how, they, uh, how it's continuing to perform. With each release, we see how close the, the messages are tracking to that release. So maybe in the past, we were really focused on scalability, and maybe now it's really focused on survival, high availability. So seeing what messages those are, and then seeing, oh, uh, there's, a, there's a number of products out there to do this. We're not using any of those presently. I kind of use the, the old method, but uh, I've got these messages. Where are they used? And uh, if I'm pulling one of them out, then which pages are affected if I'm, say, replacing them? So how often are you making updates, making changes to your messaging and the positioning? So in a, in a newer 
less established company, this happens much more frequently. In, in a, an older, more established startup, this is happening really a couple times a year as far as big message, you know, the, the major product messaging. There'll be minor feature messaging and things like that, but the, the major product messaging, maybe a couple times a year. The velocity of change is not as high once, once you're kind of where you're going to be in the market. So for you throughout your career, for which product or launch or company did you have the most fun working on messaging? Huh. You know, there's nothing I would, it always kind of goes back to the early days for me, right? So it's like when I didn't even think I was in marketing and I started just finding people were like repeating. So back in the glory days at JBoss or whatever, it was still still probably the most fun, even though I wasn't technically in marketing. Um, I was, you know, ghostwriting things for people. I don't know why I didn't think I was in marketing, but I was ghostwriting things for people. I code, right? So I'm not in marketing. I was ghostwriting things for people and I was, uh, you know, kind of coming up with, with ways to say things. And I was going around giving talks and people would uh, start repeating things I said. So I, I think that was some of the most fun. Probably a lot of that I wouldn't do today or do it this way to today. But, uh, but I think that might have been the most fun. Maybe, maybe because I was learning and it was so messy. But, uh, but I, I think to this day, that might have been the most fun. It was also funny because back then you put up a blog and people were like, this is some sort of stupid childish stuff. Who's going to blog? And within like a quarter, our executive, Mark Fleury, who's a kind of notably flamboyant guy, you know, emailed and said, blogging mandatory. You know, it was like within a short period of time, it was like, oh, this works. And then I put up a wiki, which at the time was, was a, uh, kind of a good way to drive some, well, the reason I did it was I, we were keeping documentation in like PageMaker or something. And I was like, okay, I can't use this thing. I'm, I'm not, I'm not this kind of person, right? So it's like, I'm not the Adobe frame maker or page maker or whatever kind of person. So I started, I installed the wiki so I could make documentation and I was like, you guys can put it in that if you want to. And then later I was like, okay, I need this to start working. So I, I got, I put up a couple like stupid old internet battles, like VI or Emacs or which is the best operating system or whatever. And people have said wikis, those are toys. Who's, who's going to use that? You know, this is like a very different day. There is no Wikipedia, right? So they start putting their own little, you know, windows is the best or blah, 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 Linux forever. And before long we had activity on there, I wrote several interesting pages and then later when I was working for a consulting company, Red Hat started wanting us to certify. And they, what I was like, I can't, I'm not really going to get certified on JBoss. I wrote some of these, you know, I wrote the, this, the thing that you want me to certify the configuration on, I, I wrote it. So it's like, this is silly, but they sent me as the study guide, several pages from the wiki that I had written. So anyway, the most fun was probably then it was a lot sloppier. It was a lot messier. It, it spanned product marketing and demand generation and SEO. And we didn't even know what any of those things were. So for you to become great at crafting messaging, what do you think is needed? 
I'm going to give you a horrible hippie answer to this, and it's empathy. And, and that's ultimately the key source, because if you don't have empathy, you're going to write marketing BS, right? Because you're thinking about yourself and what you want to stuff in this person's head. If you have empathy, you realize, okay, this person has a problem and they're coming to me, they're coming to my page, whatever. They're coming here to solve this problem. And I don't want to frustrate them. I don't want to cause them psychological pain. I want them to get to this page and say, okay, I want to emotionally manipulate them a little bit with, you know, this is exciting, you, you know, whatever. I mean, it's a computer, you know, it's not going to feed you or make you happy, but, but I guess people think it will now that AI tools for that, but I want to emotionally manipulate them a little, Hey, this is exciting. This is finally the solution, but I want to tell them what it is. I hate pages. You go there and it's like, what is this thing? Is it cheese? I mean, what is this? I don't want to frustrate them. I want them to easily find what they need, find their wants. And yeah, I'm trying to sell them something, but I'm trying to sell something to the right people with the right problem. I want them to quickly find this and either come inside or go away. And if you have empathy when you're writing the page and you're thinking about your audience and you're thinking about that, you can write a good, you know, good messaging. You can write good pages. You can write good stuff. If you don't have empathy, you're going to write long-winded positioning statements that, and you think people are going to read like a paragraph long statement on the page uh, and get interested in your blah, 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 blah. No, have empathy. Otherwise, you'll approach this kind of sociopathically. So to be great, have empathy. And that that's that's kind of, everything kind of comes from that. You don't have to be as formal and, 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 you know, I do a degree, quite a strong degree of formalism compared to other people, but you don't have to do any of that. And you can still be great if you have empathy. If you don't, all your messaging is going to be self-serving bad, come off as marketing BS. Developers are going to hate it with a extreme passion. And that's, that's just, that's just what's going to happen. I think that's a great response. Where do you think people should go to learn it and what should they learn? I think that just uh, there's there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of good books. One of my favorites was They Ask You Answer. It's not ostensibly a product marketing book. It's more aimed at growth marketing or demand gen or whatever. But that, I'd say, obviously awesome is another another great one. And it has some great stories in it. One of my favorites is the term malicious compliance. But, uh, but those are some great, there's actually a Reddit called that. So check that out. But uh, those are some great resources. There's a lot of other ones, but keep reading. Do you have any words of advice? Any tips that have helped you? Stuff's going to change. Like the internet has massive, you wouldn't put up a wiki necessarily and expose it to the naked internet today. Things have changed a lot and things will keep changing. And reading these sorts of resources and the new ones that come out, I'd say always be reading and always be ready to change. Well, Andy, thank you so much for being on today. It has been a pleasure to have you. We'll talk to you later and I hope you have a great day. You too. Catch you then. Bye-bye.